Hello and welcome to Scilux, a podcast where we talk about scientific developments and technological changes in Luxembourg. And in today's show, University of Luxembourg's Moon Challenge, one of the first Luxembourgish satellites, and the Artemis Ackerts. But first, it's time for the pop quiz question. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you a pub quiz style question and the solution to the question is at the end of the podcast, so it's even more worth listening until the end. Here's today's question. Who stands the biggest chance to be the first Luxemburger to go to space? Remember to listen until the end of the podcast where I will give you the solution to the question. And now for today's subjects. I might venture to say that space is going to be a quite common subject of ours. Of course, we are in Luxembourg and Luxembourg is becoming stronger by the minute when it comes to space research and space interests. You might have heard about the Space Resources Program. I'm sure we're going to talk about it more than once. And of course, University of Luxembourg is also interested in space research. We have the SNT, so the Interdisciplinary Center for Security, Reliability and Trust. And this center does research in ICT and of course also is interested in space resources and space research. As part of their interest, they've just recently announced their participation in Act in Space. This is the 24 hours hackathon that is open mainly to students but also other participants and the idea is to give different challenges related to space. Of course, they come from uh, different partners, mainly CNES from France and ESA but also partners such as SNT. SNT idea, to be precise, the Lunar Labs idea, which is the laboratory of SNT, is to propose to the participants to look for water on the moon. So quite a classic idea, I would say, but it also involves designing a moon rover and some marketing and a leaflet and everything around it. So it's not only strictly speaking programming, if you want, or designing the rover, but also other things that are involved when creating such a mission. More information about the hackathon and other SNT's activities can be found on the University of Luxembourg's website. I have a feeling that today's episode is as much about space as it is about piracy. You might be wondering why. Well, first of all, there is the new satellite, uh, Luxembourgish satellite that has been recently launched. It was launched in September and it's called ESAIL or ESAIL. I don't really know the exact pronunciation in English. It's a microsatellite and it's supposed to track ships worldwide. I don't know whether this also includes pirate ships. Actually, how many pirate ships do we have nowadays? Still, it made me think of them in this case. But anyway, it's supposed to ship data to the European Maritime Safety Agency and detect messages that ships radio broadcast. And it was one of the 53 satellites that were launched. So how many satellites do we currently have orbiting around Earth? I checked as of the 31st of July this year, there were 2,787 operating satellites, out of which around 2,000 were in LEO, so the low Earth orbit. If you think that is a lot, check how many debris there is. There is the orbital debris program by NASA that counts. I wonder how you count the debris, but I guess there is a way to do that. I hope that one day in our podcast we will be able to 
discuss it with a specialist. But anyway, this uh, NASA program has counted. And guess, we have about 500,000 marble-sized debris. And then we have 100 million objects of one millimeter or smaller orbiting around Earth. And that's only around Earth, not mentioning the debris everywhere else. So satellites, that's just nothing in comparison with all the other things that all the satellites and space programs leave around Earth. Coming back to the SAIL microsatellite, the satellite is supposed to help in monitoring the fisheries, the fleet management, environmental protection and security monitoring. It has also had its own problems. There were launch problems, not exactly of the satellite, but the Ariane space rocket. It was supposed to be ready last year and actually only this year was launched with the other 52 satellites. So yes, another small success for Luxembourg. We hope for more. There are other small satellites coming. And last but not least, and definitely not least, is the signing of the Artemis Accords. I'm not going to ask you if you've heard about Apollo. I'm sure you have. And I don't only mean the Apollo program. I also mean the Greek god. He was the twin brother of Artemis, and Artemis was the moon and chastity goddess. Yes, moon and chastity, what a combination. I'm not sure if chastity played a part in the naming, but for sure the fact that Artemis was the moon goddess and the twin sister of Apollo did. And so NASA called its program Artemis program, and now we have the Artemis Accords. So what's the plan for the Accords? This time we're talking about, first of all, next two people landing on the moon and then from there hopefully creating lunar bases and going to Mars. But first of all, it's just landing on moon or shouldn't I say just, especially because in this case we can hope for the first woman on the moon and the next man. Well, next man doesn't sound so exciting as the first woman. On Luxembourgish side, they were signed by Franz Fayot, the Minister of Economy. And I also found out that there were three women signing the accords. There was Dr. Megan Clark, the head of the Australian Space Agency, Lisa Campbell, the president of Canadian Space Agency, and the most surprising to me, Sarah Bint Yusuf Alamiri, the Minister of State for Advanced Technologies and the chairwoman of the United Arab Emirates Space Agency. So great, three women, altogether nine representatives, because we're talking about eight countries. And this was pretty surprising to me. I guessed some of the countries. Yes, there is US, of course, as we were talking about the NASA program. There is Canada and Australia. I mentioned them already. And of course, United Arab Emirates. And along with them, there is Japan, Italy, UK and Luxembourg. So no Germany, no France, of course, or shouldn't I say, of course, no China and no Russia. Yes, China and Russia are also planning to go to the moon and to start the lunar bases. They haven't announced as ambitious plans as the US and the, their partners, but still they are planning to do something similar. And now it makes us wonder about all the different implications that this another race has. So first of all, why on earth are we going there? Or should I say, why on the moon are we going there? There are a lot of different interesting things on the moon, especially the resources. And this is something I want to mention because that's mainly why Luxembourg is there. I mentioned we have this space resources program and we are, and we are very interested in... Uh, 
mining the resources and being there to witness and discover all these important elements. Do you know what the elements are? Do you know what we can actually find on the moon? In the first part of this episode, I mentioned that S&T has challenged uh, the participants to design a rover that would look for water. So first of all, water. Water is important not necessarily to bring back to the Earth, but water is important for our longer space explorations. So going further than the moon, it will be important for our Mars missions and any other missions, also for the fuel. So you could use it uh, as a way to produce fuel. Its extraction is quite a safe bet as NASA recently confirmed its existence on the sunlit parts of the moon. Another important resource that we are hoping to find is the helium-3. So it's an isotope of helium that can be used in the future in the fusion power. So this is again can, may. We are not using it yet. We are just hoping that this might be mined and the substantial amount of it brought back to Earth. So it's not only talking about getting it there, but also bringing it back. So you can imagine how many different technologies would be involved in actually getting there, then mining it and then coming back. Also, another problem with mining is that it may worsen the situation on Earth. Because, of course, moon influences the tides and our day and night. And if we start mining it, there is always the risk that uh, we will experience some changes on Earth. Specialists say that uh, even if we mine for 200 years and we send thousands and thousands of people, this should not influence these kind of relations between the moon and the Earth. But anyway, it's always good to remember about it. Coming back to the elements, so we have the helium-3, we have water, and we are also hoping for some other rare elements, uh, especially the ones that we are using nowadays for all the technological developments. So again, mining something that we might use for further missions. That's the main idea. And what is also very interesting about space resources is that, so there was the Outer Space Treaty signed in 1967, and there we talk about who owns the moon, who owns the space. So in general, it's it's very broad. At the same time, it defines certain areas that might be a little bit grey for us. But unfortunately, it still leaves this idea open. Who owns the space resources? This means that the Artemis program and other programs involve also commercial purposes. There are companies that will be involved in mining. And we still don't necessarily know who will own the mined resources. So somehow we're already thinking about going there, but we are not sure what will happen with the resources once we get them. I wonder what Luxembourg thinks about it. Why are we participating in this program? Why do we have the Space Resources program? I hope that one day we will have some guests to explain this in detail to us. If you remember, I earlier mentioned that this episode is also about piracy. The space exploration is often compared to the maritime exploration hundreds of years ago. And also when we think about it, we should remember about the risk of piracy. The harvested resources can also be pirated by others. And most probably that's why we have the Artemis Accords to somehow try to prevent this from happening. By the way, I wonder how the pirates in space would look like. Black uniforms? Can you actually have a flag on the spaceship? And what about the pirates? Can pirates go to space? And now it's time for the solution to the pub quiz. 
So if you remember, my question was, who stands the biggest chance to be the first Luxemburger to go to space? And this is going to be, probably, Mr. Jean Rees. We could read it in the news a couple of years ago that Mr. Jean Rees, who is from Luxembourg, decided to buy a ticket with Virgin Galactic. So he was one of the lucky people who got a ticket. Unfortunately, you might remember that Virgin Galactic was not as successful and uh, they still haven't gone to space. Uh, that was the first plans were in 2008 when Jean Rees bought the ticket. And still now we are experiencing some problems. Recently, even a couple of days ago, I saw the news that the shares of Virgin Galactic went down. As usual with such groundbreaking projects, there are quite a few obstacles that the company still has to overcome. Nevertheless, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Mr. Jean Rees to be the first Luxembourger to go to space. And this is it for today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us. This was Silux and my name is Hanna Siemaszko.